Welcome to Behind the Standards with United Rentals. This is a podcast where we discuss topics centered around construction safety, primarily trench excavation and confined space safety, but also general job site safety as well. I am Rick Plosinski, customer training specialist for the eastern portion of the Great Lakes, as well as portions of the south, Tennessee, Kentucky, Mississippi, and Arkansas. With me are two trainers from the West Coast. Eric, please introduce yourself to our listeners. Hello, everybody. My name is Eric Partenheimer. I am a customer training specialist in the Northern California area, um, from Bakersfield to Oregon, including Reno and Salt Lake City. Uh, I've been with the company for about 14 years, started out as a, an outside rep uh, who was teaching and then morphed into a full-time trainer uh, about six years ago. Uh, my background before I came here, I worked on an ambulance for about five years and was a teaching assistant with an EMT program at a junior college for about nine. So had some uh, healthy uh, doses of confined space, confined space rescue, a little bit of trench rescue type stuff and that. So looking forward to sharing some things with all of you. Jason Jamison, also with the United Rentals Trench Safety, a uh, customer trainer uh, of the Southwest District. I cover all of Southern California, Nevada, Arizona. Uh, three years with United Rentals uh, prior to that. Rescue, fire rescue, specializing in confined space rescue and all tech technical rescue. Okay, thanks guys. So the purpose of our podcast is to inform, educate, and maybe even entertain a little bit while we are going to discuss topics that could cause injury and unfortunately death. Our purpose is to discuss things that will help you avoid those incidents. Our first topic today centers around an increasingly popular program OSHA has implemented whereby contractors can call OSHA out to their site and have them evaluate their compliance all without the risk of citations. And Eric, we're going to we're going to start with you. What what is this program all about? So what it is is it's the OSHA consultation program. There are two divisions within OSHA. One is enforcement. Uh, if they show up at the job site, it's going to probably, if things are wrong, end up costing somebody some money. The consultation program is actually there to help out employers. Um, that are smaller, high-hazard businesses, things like that, with getting themselves up to speed. They may think they've got all their ducks in a row, but they can actually call the consultation side, one, with questions you'll get answers to, and two is to actually come out and do a full site visit. So if I've got an area that I want them to come out and take a look at, they'll send a consultant out. We'll set up a time and a date that's mutual for both. They can come. They will come out and do an audit like they normally would, but in lieu of me fixing what needs to be fixed in a time frame that's agreed upon, there are no citations that are involved. So it's really more of an audit. So who is this program actually targeted for? So it, it, it's primarily targeted for the smaller high hazard businesses. Um, larger businesses, maybe not so much, but maybe a safety officer or somebody there has got a question, they can certainly call the consultation branch and, and get advice from them straight from OSHA. Um, but I think the site visits primarily, the smaller high hazard businesses, you know, your small to medium construction companies, uh, really anything that has to do with, with you know, that OSHA would, would regulate over, uh, they're all, they're all. So why would, why would a company want to utilize this? What, what's the benefit for them? Uh, well, I, again, getting yourself up to speed. You know, if, if, if I'm running, you know, thinking I'm doing things right and maybe I'm not and it's just because of lack of knowledge, not so much that it's a willful, that I'm, you know, I'm disregarding things, um, you know, they can come out, take a look at it with me. 
it, again, people kind of have that misnomer that, well, why would I want to call OSHA on myself? Because it's a free thing that we're all really paying for anyway. And again, they do not go back to the enforcement side and let them know. If there's an imminent danger right away, they will pretty much stop work. We'll have to get that fixed. Um, you know, right away. But anything else, there'll be a time frame that's agreed upon, and we can get those things fixed. Yeah, another thing to look at, too, is is when we look at all these standards, one of our biggest complaints are is, I don't understand what OSA is asking of us. You know, the verbiage that they're using is very confusing. I don't I don't know what they're saying here. So this allows us that, that chance to, you know, basically get a, you know, out of jail free card to raise our hand go up to OSHA and say, hey, what do you mean by this? What, what, what are you asking of us as a contractor? Yeah, you know, that, that's a valid point. I wish they would actually have a how to read OSHA class because every word that they, in, that, they, that they put in a standard and every word that they leave out of the standard is for a reason. And that's a very difficult thing for people to understand. If they don't read it, on a standard, well, it doesn't explicitly say that I can't do this, but that's not necessarily the case, right? So that that is a valid point. I mean, bringing to be able to bring them out there and kind of give them that that consultation uh, would really be would really be beneficial for them. Let me ask you guys this: Both of you have used this program in the past. Jason, we'll start with you. Jason, how have you, how have you utilized this? Um, just like I was saying before, I've I've gotten it to get clear direction. Um, give you an example, when we talk about different types of ladders that we can use, um, you know, when we're using it for access and egress out of, a, say, a trench, OSHA says that we need to use a specific ladder. Well, okay, well, what's specific? You know, we know that we need a straight ladder, but can we use a telescopic ladder? Can we use a little giant folding ladder? You know, unless we can get, you know, exact details of what we, we can and can't use, um, that's what I've used it for in the past. So going to OSHA and saying, hey, can I use a telescopic ladder as a you know, straight ladder? Or can I use a little giant as long as it's in the straight uh, application? And, you know, and then that's where OSHA is able to say, yes, those things are accessible and you can use those types of things. Yeah, I, my experience with them, I, I've actually called them quite a few times also and actually went down to the office. I just kind of did a drop-in hoping to maybe get some, uh, a few minutes with uh, one of the um, uh, compliance officers, and it ended up being over an hour visit. Um, it was a, a thing that had to do with tabulated data for a protective system. Could it be used over 20 foot in depth? Um, you know, the standard says 20 foot, anything deeper than 20 has to be engineered. Well, the tabulated data having that engineer stamp, if I'm using it within the parameters of the data, is allowed to be used deeper than 20 feet. So we went through that and then led into a couple of other questions, and, and actually one of them was also confined space. I uh, had guys that paved. They may be laying on their belly, putting some grout into a manhole, and, uh, you know, large enough to get in, limited or restricted, and not designed to be in there. Um, it is a confined space, and they are breaking the plane. So we called to try and get a little clarity, and basically we're told that, you know, it, it meets the criteria of a confined space. So, yes, in, in reality, you could be cited for, you know, entering that space. Now, if they just did a quick pre-checklist with drop the monitor in, um, they would be in compliance. A lot of owners, foremen, contractors out there, their anatomies would pucker up 
tighter than a snare drum at the thought of inviting OSHA to come out onto their site and conduct an inspection? How can you overcome those obstacles? You know what I mean? Say, look, at the end of the day, this is going to help you. Uh, but I'm, I'm inviting, for lack of a better term, don't quote me here, the devil into my house. Does that really make a lot of sense? Well, the biggest thing is we have to look at it. We have to change our mentality of what OSHA is. You know, OSHA gets that bad rap that they're the, the cop that's out there to bust us. Um, when we look at it as what is OSHA really there, it's, it's there to protect, you know, our workers and make sure that we're keeping them safe. They're not out there to, you know, rack up fines. That's just the bad rap that they, they kind of get with. Yeah, the, you know, I, and that's exactly to Jason's point is exactly right. I mean, I, you know, I jokingly say OSHA is, you know, it's a four-letter word, and a lot of people it starts with, you know, something else. But um, it, 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 they really are, their mission is, is to make sure we all get to go home at the end of the day. And I think as, you know, as we as trainers, when we're doing our classes, I, would, I know Jason and I both bring this up quite a bit, is to bring this, this up to people because they don't know about it. And I'm getting more and more people asking, well, where do I get a hold of them? How do I do that? What's the process? Um, you know, what they won't do is, is issue citations, again, you know, or propose penalties for violations. They don't report possible violations to the enforcement side. They won't guarantee you're going to pass, so there may be things that I'm, I'm going to have to fix. But I think once people understand that, look, this side is there to get us up to speed to make sure we don't have the other side coming over, or if they do, we pass with flying colors. Once people understand that, I've been getting a lot more uh, warmer responses, if you will. It's, it's an interesting concept, and it really is a, it, it's a great program if it's utilized, you know, it, to its effectiveness. But you, you've got to, you know, looking at it from the standpoint of just a devil's advocate, you know, kind of taking that, that term again, if I'm another contractor on the job site and I see that another one of my, you know, another trade on the job is inviting OSHA to come in and inspect that job site. I don't know that I necessarily am really all that thrilled that somebody else is calling OSHA to come on site to inspect the stuff that I am doing. That's that just doesn't seem quite appropriate. Yeah, I, you know, Rick, it, that has come up a couple of times uh, on some larger job sites where I've done training for subs, and they have said, "Well, how do I call that? How do I get a hold of that?" My thing is, is look, you might want to go to the general first, let them know what your thoughts are. And typically, if it's a large enough general, which most are going to be because they're a general, they're going to have a full-time safety officer. Maybe they can come over and give them a hand. You know, if they're a little bit worried about, you know, bringing out an OSHA um, inspector compliance officer. And again, they're not going to find anybody. It's there to help things out. So I think if we run the chain, if we go up to anybody who may potentially be involved and let them know, here's what we're thinking about doing. I think everybody's on board at that point. And then, it, the, you know, the process can proceed from there. It, it's like that construct, you know, and, and I think about it, too, the construction management companies out there who basically they don't own, you know, they don't employ any workers on the job site. They literally are just a construction management company. All they do is 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 manage the job and they manage the subs going in and out. And, and it's, you know, I, I think of them in, in the same boat. Why is a subcontractor inviting OSHA to come onto my job to actually conduct inspections? I, 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 there has to be some type of conversation there prior. Yeah, absolutely. Communication is the key on that is letting somebody know. And I've also said, look, if it's a specific instance or it's something that you're, you're you know, not quite sure about, make the phone call. 
And rather than have a full site visit, because that that's the main process of this or that's the main focus of this, but there is that phone call that can be made. It's an, it can be an anonymous phone call. When you call, they identify themselves. They do not ask who they're talking to. They, how can I help you? And I, I, Jason and I have both experienced this where the person I spoke with was not 100% on their answer, and they said, let me get with a couple other people and I'll call you back. And I thought, well, I guess I'll call them back tomorrow because I'm not going to hear. Within an hour, I had a phone call back from them with a good 15, 20-minute you know, dialogue as to, okay, here's, what, here's, here's the what's and this is the why's. And then we were able to, I ran, you know, kind of interference because they didn't want to call. But I went back to them and explained everything to them. So I, I think, you know, if it's a specific item, maybe make the phone call. If it would be something to get the job site up, you know, if they're thinking things aren't in line, have the communication with anybody who might be involved and then decide as a group if we're going to end up doing that. Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest thing is just, you know, they're not going to give you bad information. If they, if they honestly don't know, they're definitely going to reach out to somebody that does have, you know, that information. Yeah. So what is the process here, guys? I, I really, so, okay, so you, you make the phone call. From my understanding, it's got to be requested. It's not an automatic thing. You have to actually make the phone call and request this process to, to kick off. So what's the process there? So when they come out, we've, we've made the phone call, right, and we have them come out. Uh, it can be a phone call. It can be a letter, however you want to do it. That sets the motion in progress. Um, they'll talk, what are the specific needs of the employer, what is it you're looking for, and then based on that, they'll set up a visit based on priority. You know, if it's something that's really hazardous, that's dangerous to people, it may climb up the priority pole. Uh, otherwise, they work with the work, the employer schedule, and then the time between the two is mutually agreed upon. They will then come out. They can either do a complete review of all our safety and health programs, looking at everything, or it could be a specific problem or something that we're looking at. Um, you know, if something is serious that's found, needs to be fixed in an agreed um, upon time frame. And then uh, 20 days afterwards, they will get a letter detailing everything that the inspector saw, and then they propose corrections of those. And then they will probably have a follow-up visit at some point in time to make sure everything has been done. And so it sounds like it's very similar to the actual enforcement process, right? Coming on, doing the, you know, having the opening conference, doing the walkthrough, you know, having the closing conference, having the specific, you know, talking, identifying the specific hazards and, and situations that were addressed, and then basically giving them, hey, look, you have so many days to get these completed and, uh, you know, corrected. And, oh, by the way, uh, there, there might be, you, you'll be getting a letter stating what, what our findings were. And, and, yeah, and so, you know, what they're going to do, again, they'll do just like you said, it's, it's kind of, you know, the, the opening interview, then they'll go through, they may talk to employees that are there, help identify any hazards that are there, uh, there what kind of help would be available for further assistance. They'll also uh, assist with the development or maintenance of an effective safety and health program. Um, you know, tell you where you can maybe get training in that. They can't really specify, but they can say there's people that are out there. And then this is a big one, too, is they can recommend the site for a one-year exemption from OSHA programmed inspections uh, when the, the SHARP criteria are met. And SHARP, what it stands for is it's the Safety and Health Achievement Recognition Program. Um, so it's basically you've gone through, you've been brought, your, you've got yourself back up to speed, so they actually take you off that program list. So if an inspector were going down and, and looking at jobs, you would be on that list that, okay, he's already been inspected. So that's kind of a neat uh, side effect. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, it sounds like it really does sound like it's it's a great program. Honestly, I, I had not heard much about this at all until until you guys brought it up. But it, it really does sound and it's available. It's my understanding. It's available in all 50 states. It's not just out there on the left coast. It's available in all 50 states, even some territories. Right. That is correct. Yeah, it's, it's available everywhere. Um, and in. Typically, you can just go in if you Google or, you know, for lack of a better term, jump on the Internet and, and put in OSHA Consultation Program, uh, probably the state that you're in, in case it's a state-run program, those numbers will come up. I know out here we've got Southern California field offices that have it. In the Central Valley, we've got it, and then up in the north end up here, too. Um, so, yeah, it is it is everywhere. It does include state run, you know, those states that have state-run programs and the, the, the states that are governed by the jurisdictions as well, or the federal guidelines as well. Yep, that's correct. Yep, absolutely. And again, it, it's confidential. That's the, the you know, anonymous, like I said, if you make the phone call, they don't ask who you are. The confidentiality is, is strictly maintained when they're doing these things. They don't, like I said, they don't see something and then go right to the enforcement side and say, oh, you guys aren't going to believe what we saw. They're actually working with us to get it corrected, to make sure we know what's going on. And, and that's obviously the fear, right? So that would be the fear is that they're just going to go to the other side and go, did, do you believe what I saw at XYZ? You know, John T. Public Plumbing, I can't believe that masonry company that's working in conjunction with them. You've got to get out there right now. And yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the program, and you had said it before, it's, it's you know, it's gaining popularity. I, I know, I think you had some numbers as far as how many people have utilized it, but I know years ago when I had first heard about it, I was the same as everybody else. I was like, why would I be calling them out? And as I got to know about the program more and actually started making phone calls and asking questions and realized exactly what it's all about, I, I've been a huge proponent. Every class that I bring up, that I talk about, when I ask questions of, of you know, the students or the companies, do you have this, do you have that? And when I get the deer in the headlights, I offer what assistance I can, but then I let them know about this consultation program. But I think you had some numbers as far as, you know, uh, how many people are using it, Rick? Yeah, it was actually surprising because we, we really thought that this was a very seldom used program. But in actuality, what I found was that in 2018, OSHA responded to 26,000 requests for consultation onto job sites, which covered approximately about a million workers. So you've, you've, it, it must be gaining in popularity because, again, from, you know, from people who had not heard of this before to now, again, just a couple of years ago, uh, responding to 26,000 requests. I mean, that's, that's, that's looking at hope, right? That's, that's, that's hopeful that, that this is actually working and it's going to continue to thrive and continue to be utilized because, you know, if it's not utilized, it'll probably go away. And it doesn't sound like that that's really something that anybody wants to do. Yeah, and, that, and that really seems to be the case that it is gaining popularity. I, like I say, when I first started with United, was one of the first times, I, and that was 14 years ago, and they were actively out pushing the program. It was kind of a, a you know, they're throwing things out there as, as much as they could to try and, like you said, get some traction. And I think it's kind of just steadily gone up. Um, I, to be honest with you, I did not know that was what the number was. Uh, that makes me happy. I mean, people are out there at least, you know, trying it. And the nice thing about it is, is that it, it's getting it before 
right? It's getting before something happens. It's getting there and talking about these things before a catastrophic event, before an injury takes place, before a workplace death takes place. And that's really the ultimate benefit, right? It's not, you know, it's getting and, and identifying the hazards before so they can be eliminated before something happens. Because we all know on the enforcement side, in a lot of cases, they're responding to something that has already happened. And the consultation actually tries to get to it before it actually takes place. And that's, that's really the true benefit of all of this. Well, folks, this has been Behind the Standards with United Rentals. If you have any questions about what we discussed today or have suggestions on other topics you'd like us to discuss, feel free to send us an email to urtspodcast at ur.com. On behalf of Eric, Jason, and myself, thanks for listening in. Have a great day and stay safe. Stay safe, everybody. Have a good one.